First Timothy in chapter one. First Timothy in chapter one. Tonight we want to look at a portion of scripture that I pray will be a blessing to you. Praying God will just be gracious unto all of us. You know, we live in a time when it seems like everybody is just absolutely at their wits end. Again, this kind of goes back to our Sunday morning broadcast and you know a lot of times uh, we look at what Peter was seeing the apostles as they were out on the sea that night when the storm arose there was a great tempest and this was a tempest that was no ordinary tempest it was it was a, a wild wild waves and winds you know on the the world in which we live this very day, I'm telling you. People are looking and they're, they're just throwing up their hands. Things that were voted on in the last day or two. I mean, it, it ought to grab our attention, but you cannot, you cannot uh, give up. I mean, these are things that are expected in the last days. When men shall become lovers of self, when, as I said Sunday morning, there are those in our nation and in the world today that look at the wrong and call it right, and they look at right and they call it wrong. Today's society, so many are perplexed over this. The Bible speaks about a time that's coming in the last days. When perilous times shall come upon this, this world like it's never been seen. Folks, you're seeing it. It's things that are coming right before your very eyes. There's coming a time when the law may walk through these doors because I will not marry same-sex uh, couples. And there's going to be a time they're going to walk through the door and they're going to arrest this preacher or any other preacher who stands for truth. Things are going to become harder and harder upon the Christian. Things like you have never seen before. Things that People are seeing in different spots of the world, but we haven't seen that in this, in this great United States of America. This nation was founded on the principles of God's Word. Don't let nobody ever tell you any different. There are those in our nation today trying their best to change the history of this nation. And I'm not saying this is uh, in, the, in the field and the realm of politics, but what I am saying, that it is nationwide. They're doing everything in their power to whitewash the history of this nation and say that the founding fathers did not mean this or that when they were putting forth the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. There are those in our nation today that have, that have taken a vote to uh, recognize 
the sodomite lifestyle as a legitimate lifestyle, but it's, it's still wrong. It's what God's Word says it's wrong. Regardless of what man says, God trumps everything that man says. And I go to 1 Timothy in chapter 1. These first five verses of Scripture, I believe, are verses of Scripture that should really grab a hold of you. You know, in society today, there is a, there is a push among religious reformers, so to speak, to legitimize the wrong in the world today. You see, I'm, I don't, I'm not an advocate for blaming the, 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 all the problems of America on politics. I, I don't do that. Some of the greatest problems are caused by the so-called right or the so-called Christian. We see people today that are standing behind pulpits who are announcing uh, these falsehoods that are announcing that these, these things that the Bible says is an abomination is, is, is simply just an outdated form of tradition. There are many in our, many, many pulpits tonight who are actually false teachers in sheep's clothing, they're wolves. Folks, you need to get a hold of that and realize that this is a push that's going on in America, our beautiful United States of America. This is a push and a, this is an actual shoving of, uh, of uh, uh, these, these so-called uh, uh, rights of humanity. They're trying to shove so much of that down the throat of the Christian today and they're saying the Christian is wrong just because they believe what they believe. You know, I've been called a bigot. I've been called, well, I've been called a lot of things. Uh, it seems like uh, the longer you get into the, the ministry, the more that this cesspool of sin tries to leach out and, and overflow and spill out on you. And they're trying their best to get a hold of the Christian today. They're trying their best to get a hold of the pulpit. Because if they get a hold of the pulpit, they get the, the under-shepherd to begin to weaken or, or lower his stances. That's when what we know today as the Christian rule begins to crumble under the weight and the pressure of the rule of the world. But it's not so everywhere you go. There are those today in churches such as ours that still stand for the truth. They believe in, the, in, the, in the, what the Word of God says. And they believe with, uh, with all that's within them that God's Word is true and I believe just like God says, God's Word says that His Word is true and let every man be a liar. Now I want you to think about these things tonight as we look at these first, vice, uh, these first five verses of Scripture. Because we're going to deal with false doctrine tonight. This is a two-part message. Next week we'll, we'll go into the different forms of uh, uh, of these false religions and false doctrines. 
We'll show you some things today about the agenda of humanism and about how they're trying to push everything upon the, these, these people that want to stand for truth. The Bible says here as we look at this, we're dealing with the Apostle Paul as he is teaching and bringing up young Timothy in the Word of God and in the sound doctrine and truth. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto Timothy, my own son, in the faith. Now, the Apostle Paul here was not being arrogant in his speech. He was counting upon those that are saved in his ministry as their children. And it's not, a, it's not an arrogant speech. It's one that shows affection and, and, and kindness. He says here in verse 2, Unto Timothy my son in the faith, Grace and mercy and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Now listen, I want you to know something today. If you're a member of this body, you're a member of this church, you're a Baptist church member, Regardless of where you're at, and listen, all this ought to be a this ought to be a given, but it's not anymore. But there are many false teachers in the Baptist church today, even. So that's the reason why we're getting different different thoughts and different avenues of, of, of teaching. Because we have some men that are interjecting their thoughts over what God's Word says. Now, I want you to know something. I believe it's important for a man to believe something. Amen? I believe it's important for a man to stand for what he believes. But you need to know that what you believe lines up with God's Word. And Timothy here was told, listen, you, you get things straight before you go any further. You make sure that what's being taught in the churches is exactly what you have been taught by the apostles and by the word of God. He says, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith so do. Now he says in verse 5, now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart. We're dealing with love here for the saints of God. Do you have an affectionate love for the saints of God? Do you have a, a, a genuine uh, outpouring of, uh, of a, a desire to be in the brotherhood? He says, and of a good conscience and faith unfeigned. I do want to bring a message tonight, fulfilling the Christian's role. 
fulfilling the Christian's role. What is the Christian's role? I want you to think about that while I go back to the Lord prayer. But what is the Christian's role today? What is your role as a member of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church? What is our role as members in particular in this singular body? What is our role? What is our role? Almost gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight as we bow before you, we thank you for the day which you've given us. We thank you, dear God, for the privilege of once again being in this house with your people. Father, I know that you already have read my heart. You know the statement that I just made is true. That I love being with thy people. Father, I pray tonight that as you have investigated every heart and mind in this house, that you have found all so doing. With a desire to be together tonight to worship in spirit and truth, to love and encourage, to edify and lift up. Lord, I pray tonight that you would bless this body. Help us tonight, dear God, to understand the wiles of Satan. Help us, dear God, tonight to realize that the world outside would love to change our articles of faith, our declaration and creed. Lord, I pray tonight that this body will always remain true and faithful. Bless us this evening, Father. Lord, forgive us our sin in Jesus Christ's name and amen. We find in the words of the Apostle Paul a definition to the character and strength of the believers. There's times in our lives that this is difficult. There's times in our lives when the situations that we face bring about a, a feeling of of uh, despair from time to time is the way some have put it. But I believe our text lays out for us certain characteristics that should remain faithful to the child of God. Characteristics that make you Christian. Remember the definition of Christian it is to be Christ-like. As a matter of fact, it was that's what was first noted at Antioch when the people were first called Christians because they mimicked the life of Christ. And they were so-called Christian at that point and from that point on. Do we mimic the life of Christ? That's what I'm asking tonight. You know, in this second part of this two-part message, we're going to be looking at another, another instance where the Christian's life should mimic the very the very principles of God's word down to a T. You know, this is exactly what we see in our world today, isn't it? People that want to do everything in their power to disrupt, destroy, and put down the life of the Christian. I believe even among many Christians today, there is a, a feeling of fear and anguish there's a feeling of pain 
with uh, these different things that have that just keep seemingly busting out at the seams. You know, uh, it just seems like things just keep on snowballing out of control. But know this: God is in control. You know, I've heard people, I've heard people blame Christians. I've heard people blame everybody in the everybody in the world except to give God credit for what He is doing. God's in charge. That does not excuse us from doing what we need to do. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. I believe that God's children ought to do everything in our power to do what is right according to God's word. You know, and I believe that that also goes to our voting. I believe that goes to our, 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 uh, our Christian character. But, you know, to simply say that everything is a fault of the Christian without giving credence to God's direction and His providence, I believe is wrong as well. I believe God's in charge. You know, the Bible speaks about the fact that in the end, at the end of the days of grace which we now know, there's going to come a falling away. Now, folks, we see that all over the place. And I want you to know something. Where it does begin is in the pulpit. If the men of God would continue to preach what thus saith the Lord as they ought to, you know, and not be one of these name it and claim it Benny Hinn boys, not be, uh, not be this uh, Joe Osteen uh, in his fancy books and all this, Listen, you name it and you claim it and, and all the things that they, that they ascribe to. You know, in Joe Osteen's preachings, you never hear anything about sin, do you? Of course, I've never listened to a whole lot of Joe Osteen, but uh, there was one time when I wanted to see what he was all about. And I want you to know something. That man never one time mentioned about sin and repenting of sin. That's one thing that needs to be brought out in today's society. Listen... God's people need to come to a place where we repent for our own sin. You want to be blessed of God, you're going to have to do a little repenting. You're going to have to get a little hatred out of your heart and you're going to have to get a little malice out of your, out of your existence because the Bible speaks about the fact that this Diocrates even, you remember the story of Diocrates, he was a man that wanted all the preeminence in the church. He wanted all the power and all the authority. You know, there, there are people in churches today just like that, aren't they? They want to they have all the say in the church regardless, but yet the Bible says that that is a, that is a wrong way to, to be in the church of the living God. But again, as, as I discussed just a moment ago, there are a lot of people that are filled with doubt and turmoil right now because of the situations that are going on in the world. People are scared to death about this railroad strike that all of a sudden the government wanted to step in and take care of that. You know, I want you to know something. I believe today that the things that we are allowing to take place, they fall on our heels. But I want you to know something. 
God gives us a way to combat all this fear and anguish in the lives of the Christian. He gives us everything we need. People today are, are overly consumed with fear because they're afraid they're not going to get this or that. Know this. God says those things that you have need of, listen, He knows all about your needs and He's going to supply your needs. Now in the book of Matthew chapter 6 and also in chapter 7, there is, there is, this, uh, there is this calling forth of, to our attention the things that God is going to do for His children and He's not going to let us ever go and starve to death. He's going to take care of us. So and we go back and we think about what the Apostle Paul was saying here to young Timothy. And young Timothy, he told him this, listen, I want you to understand something. There is a way for us to combat our ill feelings Anytime there's a crisis in our life, you know, it seems to me like that that's the most, uh, most of the time that's when the Christian begins to kind of get a little angry, get a little anxious. The Bible says that when these things begin to happen in our lives, this is one of those avenues, you know, I got called out on one time and I had a man to tell me, he said, listen, you don't know what they put me through. You don't know where I've been with these individuals. When I was dealing with this one thing in particular about ill feelings and anguish, I told a man one day that we're supposed to love our enemies. You know, those people that stand against us. He called me up to his apartment one day. And I can't remember if my wife was with me or not that day, but his sister, I believe, was. And he began to lay into me because of my preaching on how we are to love one another. And he says, you don't know what this individual has done to me. I said, no, I don't know, but God knows all about it. And you know what? The Lord says, vengeance is mine. I'll repay, saith the Lord. You know, that's one thing that I, I, I've not allowed myself to get bogged down in. I used to. But I've come to terms with this one thing that, listen, God's going to have the last say. When it comes to His sheep, when it comes to His children, He is the great shepherd. And He is the shepherd that's going to care for His sheep in a way that, listen, they are tended to well. So the Bible teaches us in verse 5 that we are to love with a, a pure heart. We're to, we're to have a, a special love for the saints of God. Love is to be real. Love is to, to you know, be there at all times. It's to behave itself in a positive light. What kind of light are you showing forth today? You know, I look at ourselves today and I, I think about our young people, these children. What are we bearing witness to them about? Do they hear ramblings? Do they hear ramblings of a 
of a busy tongue that wants to cut somebody down for whatever reason. You know what? It's going to come out in the children. That's the reason why that I believe the Apostle Paul is stating here, listen, you've got to set some things straight. Be sure that you get these things done right. He says, love out of a pure heart. Don't let there be any hypocrisy in your love. Don't let there be any strings attached to your love. Don't be doing it for your own self-gain. Just love the brotherhood. One of the greatest prayers that I hear in our men's prayer room, and I thank God for the men's prayer room. These men act like they really love one another and they care for one another. You know what the prayer, one of the prayers is? Listen, let's pray for the brotherhood. That's all of us together, brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a brotherhood, and that's the way we ought to pray. We ought to pray that, that God blesses the brotherhood at all times. Galatians in chapter 5, if you would please. Galatians chapter 5. The Bible says here in verse 14 down through verse 18. Well, let's begin at verse 13, if you would. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another... Take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. Remember the other day I was asking about the Spirit last Sunday night. What Spirit are you following? What spirits are you leaning toward? What Spirit are you feeding? He says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the lust for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another. I ask you, what spirit are you feeding? You know, in the house of God, there are all, I mean, we're all human beings. And from time to time, we're going to offend one another. Because we're not perfect. But yet, is it, a, is it an occasion for us to take liberty? I don't believe that's what the law of God is speaking of here. God is saying, listen, love. Feed the right spirit. Because verse 18 says, but if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now, secondly, I want you to think about this. In, back in our text in uh, 1 Timothy 5, or chapter 1 and verse 5, down around the third stanza of the verse, it talks about have a good conscience. Do you have a good conscience tonight? Or is there something that's always weighing in the back of your mind? Has the Spirit of God dealt with you over something that's weighing in the back of your mind? Or has God dealt with you at all? Listen... Sometimes, you know, we say, well, I, I just don't sin. Well, listen, 
if you're if you're breathing, you're going to sin. Because as we just read back in the other scripture that I just read, listen, the Bible says that this old fleshly nature is still something to deal with. But deal with it we must. And that's what that's what Timothy uh, Paul was telling Timothy. Tell the people, listen, deal with these issues that come up. Deal with these issues. Have a good conscience. A good conscience will always sense what is right and what is wrong. A good conscience will allow you to have that notice. A good conscience will have you to be fair and reasonable. It will not allow you to take advantage of others in an unsightly manner. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 12, we, we see there that we as the children of God need to be sure our conscience does not condemn us. And if it does condemn us, we need to repent. This is what Paul was telling Timothy. Listen, there's a need today for repentance among Christians. There's a need today to restore the love and the brotherhood. Love out of a pure heart and love with a good conscience. Now lastly, I want you to think about this. The best way to see ourselves through heartache and trouble is be people of faith. Know that God is still on the throne and there is nothing that's taken Him by surprise. The vote that was taken yesterday, it didn't catch God off guard. God wasn't sitting there saying, I believe that they're going to go with what I, what I believe, what I believe is right. No, that didn't catch God off guard. God, God knows what's going to happen at the end of the, of the day of grace in which we now live. And he knows how that's all going to come about. He knows how <clears throat> the great falling away is going to come. Through churches who, who allow different things to come into the body. Who allow sin to begin to creep in without any recognizing of it. Who pats everybody on the back and saying, well, you're going to be okay. That's just, that's just your human nature. We're supposed to live above our human nature. You know, if you're saved by the grace of God, you're supposed to be living Christ-like. That definitely is above human nature. But, and I know that we cannot fulfill that to its fullest. We've not arrived yet, folks. We're not perfect. And from this pastor right on out the door, we have problems with old self, don't we? The Bible teaches us here that we are supposed to have this, this desire to be more than what we sometimes are. We ought to have a desire to live above sin. We don't always live above sin, do we? There's times when, and it doesn't have to have anything to do with the things that are going on in Washington. It doesn't have to have anything to do with anything else but what goes on in this house with this people, with this body. And sometimes, 
Sometimes we allow self to get in the way, don't we? The Bible says we're to love and have faith unfeigned. That means that we're to have a sincere, genuine faith. That means that we are to be without hypocrisy. In other words, if you call yourself a Christian, be Christian. If you're a member of this body, you be Christ-like. You do everything in your power to show that by loving as you ought to. That's our first point. Love out of a pure heart. Secondly, you are to have a good conscience about yourself. There shouldn't be any reason why anybody would doubt you being a Christian. Have a good conscience. Live the Christian life. And do so with this faith unfeigned. Be like the Apostle Peter this past Sunday morning's message. At least he got out of the boat. Amen. At least he stepped out on the water. Amen. Hey, he even took some steps toward Jesus until he took his eyes off the Lord again. You know what was going on? Listen, even after, even after the, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, some of his apostles, just like Peter, just like John, just like the rest of them, they say, shoot, we're going to go back to the old way. We're going to go back a fishing. Listen, don't. Don't lose track of who you are. Don't lose track of what you are. Listen, sometimes in this life, when people start, I don't know, pointing a finger, when people start ridiculing, when people start arguing and backbiting and devouring, listen, you be above the fray. You're God's children. You're members in particular here. I think that makes every member important. Amen. I believe that makes every member important. And every member is just the same as the other. You believe that? Every member is just as important as the other. Amen. I'll get you women. You all raise a hand. <laughs> Every member is just as important as the other. And there's no greater importance upon one over the other. We are members in particular. You know what that means? That means God has placed you in this body. God has placed you in this body with a reason. God has called you unto himself by reason. That makes you important. You know, I've heard people, I've heard people, I've seen people put others down. I'm not talking about here, but now I've seen people put others down. I've seen people complain about the way others look. I've seen people complain about how some smell. Shoot, I got some smell good on today, and my wife said I smell good. I ain't had nothing like that on in probably six, six months, I reckon, I shaved my beard and I had to put something on. Some people might have complained about that. I don't know. But think about it. I mean, I thought about this the other day. 
What are we going to say to Jesus when we walk in the door? Here's one. They wore, wore sandals everywhere he went. Or he was barefooted. What are we going to say to Jesus? You know, I've heard a person say one time, they're just, they're just, they, all they have is rags. You know what? I don't believe that's a, I don't believe that's a place for Christians to go. Complaining about this or that in, in the life of another brother or sister. I believe we need to edify one another. I believe that's what God says. And I believe that's what Paul was telling Timothy. Listen, before you go anywhere, you make sure things are set right in the church. You make sure that, that what is going on in the church is, is right. Paul had to deal with some bickering back and forth in the churches, didn't he? Paul had to deal with some that was... That was causing trouble in the church. And, and as a matter of fact, I mean, he laid it out in such a way. This He says, I'll deal with that when I get there. You know, we was thinking about Diocrates and some of these others. Listen, I want you to know something today. You may face a Diocrates in, in, in the house of God. You may have to. But you know this. You know this. You understand this before you go any further. God's in charge. You know, uh, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that when God's in charge of the church, when He is the head of the church, the preacher ain't the head of the church. The deacons aren't the head of the church. The Lord Jesus Christ is the head. He is the one that's in charge and He lays out in His Word everything that we are to do in the house of God. He told Paul, he said, you set things in order. How did he do that? By teaching us how we ought to how we ought to behave in the house of God. By teaching us that by good conscience sake that we're to love one another, we're to care for one another, we're to edify one another. We're not ever to tear down one another. That's what you see going on in many churches today. The reason why today that so many churches are failing and so many churches are going away from sound truth and doctrine is because of a lack of love for each other. Listen, let us, let us be careful, church. Let us be careful. Your members in particular. And I'll, I'll say just like Paul was telling Timothy and Timothy was telling the church, listen, let's care. Let's care for this body. Let's take care of her because, listen, all around us churches are folding up. Churches are disassembling. Churches are falling apart at the seams. It seems to me like there's just way too much worrying about other churches. Listen, we're not in competition with anybody. Amen? That's what I tell. That's what I tell our, our pastors that are affiliated with us. I'm not in competition with any pastor that we're affiliated with. Not, not our every one. All I, have, all I have to do is what I'm supposed to do right here. I, I, can't, I can't worry about Salem. I hope they stay true to the Word. I can't worry about faith. I hope they stay true to the Word. I hope, they, I hope their men of God continue on the, on the straight and narrow and, the, and stay with the stuff. Listen, 
here's where my here's where my interest is. This body right here. You know why? Because God has placed a love in my heart for this body. For this body. And it's the only church that I have this kind of love for. Now I love the brotherhood. I love I love my fellow Christians and saints wherever I go to preach even. There's brothers and sisters all over this country, all over the world, that love the Word of God just like you do. But here's where my loyalty is. And I believe that God says, as Paul was talking to young Timothy, he said, listen, you make sure they got this down. You make sure they got it right. You stay here. You do what you got to do. Make sure they understand. Folks, that's what we need. We need to make sure we understand this body's important. You're important. As a member, you are an important part of this, of this ministry. May God help you to always remember that. Let's all stand, please.